Emma. And I'm Wyatt. And this is Frederick Uncut. Where we talk about what you're curious about in the county with a new episode every Tuesday. This week, thousands of Frederick County students are up for a possible redistricting in the coming years. More than 300 parents and community members attended the first informational session about the upcoming redistricting last week. So Emma, last week you attended a meeting at the Urbana High School. Um, Could you sort of set the scene and why were people gathering there? Sure. So this meeting was the first in a series of meetings that will come, community meetings that will come, where members of the community who will be impacted by the upcoming redistricting gathered. And this was the first meeting to kick off. So it was really kind of an overview of what the redistricting will look like, who is being impacted, um, and an opportunity for parents and families to ask questions. So um, get some of their you know concerns out there for the first time and talk about some of those questions that they're going to have um, going forward. There were about 300 parents and community members in attendance at the auditorium, so the auditorium was nearly full, um, and there were more questions than there was time to answer. So people kind of were lining up afterward to talk with FCPS and talk with the consulting group overseeing the um, the redistricting. It really is a, an emotional topic and when one that brings up a lot of concerns for families. So I too have been looking at some data, probably not as much as you guys. Michelle Anderson asked questions about her students in the Oakdale feeder pattern. And one of the things that I noticed is that there are a lot of schools on the list that are nines and tens. There's also a lot of schools that are sixes and sevens. And sixes and sevens tend to be the ones that don't, that are not 100% or over in building capacity, which I think is probably fairly normal because over the years we've all moved to places with nines and tens schools and we moved away from the places with sixes and sevens. So does the school district have a plan to help those schools accommodate and improve? Because when you go from not having your school filled and also not having your scores be very good to now having an influx of kids, I can't imagine without some help that the scores will get any better for these schools, meaning schools aren't going to get any better. So is there a plan to help them? You're talking about the educational adequacy scores for the existing schools that we have right now? And yes, I'm saying there's schools in this mix that are not very good, and there's a lot right. of schools that are really great, and children will be moved from schools that are really great right. to schools that aren't. Will the school board be giving extra money, support? Will they be bringing in new teachers? What are they doing to help those schools? So Frederick County Public School has a plan to try to help all of our schools reach their highest potential. That's that's just what we do. But some are there. And some, some are not. Really right. And so we do focus on schools that we tr- and we try to help them find a plan to move forward. Um, we will also be looking at all the schools in this study area, how many of them have special programs like Pyramid Program or a, a Challenges Program or a Special Education Pre-K Program. Do they have ELL programs? Do they have, at the high school level, um, they have the IB program at Urbana High School, for instance. We'll be looking at those. We'll be looking at what impact a, an adjustment of the boundary might have to those programs. So those are the types of things we'll do. We work very closely now in with the transportation department, as we talked about, for the impact on transportation. But we'll be working with the elementary, middle, and high school directors as well and talking to them about impacts on that factor as well. Doesn't sound like that much right now. Some parents were concerned about the quality of their schools, but others thought that the redistricting could actually help make um, schools more equitable. Correlation does not equal causation. Katie Hager commented about free and reduced meals students at given schools in the redistricting study. But the six out of ten schools have more than a quarter of their student population on free and reduced meals, which means 25% of that school population is below the poverty line. 
that's the differentiating factor between the 6 out of 10 schools and the 9 out of 10 schools. So as we're looking at equitable distribution, it's actually through redistricting that we can improve those schools. Frederick County Public Schools has been going through some pretty major growth in recent years. Um, and I think that that just reflects the population growth in the county generally. So as the county grows, um, so is FCP FCPS's population. And that's been pretty steady over recent years with like a bit of an uptick um, in the 90s and, and through to 2010. Um, over last year, we saw an increase of 585 students. So that puts uh, the current enrollment at, FC at, enrollment at FCPS at about 42,000. Students. Um, so, and that and that increase is predicted to continue forward in the in the next few years. So, um, the predicted um, uptick in enrollment is around 600 for the next school year. So, this is a growth that is continuing. That is um, really putting a strain on some of the schools in Frederick County. Um, so basically this redistricting um, will be touching on some of the schools in that kind of southern pocket of the county where we have seen a ton of residential developments in recent years and more to come. So we're talking about Urbana, Linganore, and Oakdale, and Oakdale in particular has a few um, residential developments that should be coming to um, completion soon. So um, the schools that are involved are mostly in that area. But I do have a question regarding, specifically regarding the high school. I have children who are here at Urbana High, and I've lived in uh, Frederick County for 18 years, and my impression is that Urbana High has, um, is a cut above every other high school in the county in terms of the course offerings and the opportunities that are here. So for families who are looking at being redistricted to Oakdale or Linganore, how are we going to ensure that the students have the same options for AP courses and that sort of thing that they have here at Urbana. And I have my son in a class now that is only offered here at this school. Um, they're not equivalent. The schools are not equivalent across the county. So how are we going to accommodate that if you're asking families to leave Urbana High to go to Linganore or Oakdale? Frederick County Public Schools provides a high school educational program. Uh, we provide that at all our high schools. You are right, though, that the smaller schools have less variety in their course offerings. What we're going to be looking to do is try to balance that enrollment between the three high schools that are in this um, study area so that we don't have that that issue to that extent. Yeah, I mean, I attend public meetings in, in my role as a reporter, as, as do you, and usually don't have that kind of turnout. So why Never. why is this such yeah. a heated issue, and what is redistricting, redistricting, and why is it affecting families? I think Beth touched on it pretty well. So Matt Cropper is an outside consultant hired by FCPS to oversee the redistricting. So we start with the current students, so we know how many students uh, that go to Frederick County Public Schools are living in these areas. So that's, that's going to be the most definitive data set that we have in terms of working through some options. But layering on top of that, we'll be looking at other pieces of information. Um, the, the district puts together enrollment projections by school building. So they're studying trend, they're looking at trends and the historical trends and, and doing a 10-year projection on enrollment. So we'll be looking at, okay, uh, this area, what's the projected enrollment? Is it, is it expected to go up or expected to stabilize or go down? So we'll be looking, studying that. And on top of that, we'll be looking at um, 
the county has a good uh, track on new developments. So we'll be looking at uh, existing uh, subdivisions that are actively building and looking at how many students we anticipate to come out of that. Um, you know, planning is, is not uh, a, a perfect and exact science. So, you know, you you're, do your best at, at forecasting and looking at and anticipating future enrollment. And it's, um, it's you know, so when we start estimating enrollment, we're gonna do our best to be proactive for future growth in addition to what's there right now and, and be as mindful as we can of the future. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the best that we can do with the data that we have available. And many of those schools are, or, or some of those schools are over capacity right now. So for example, Centerville Elementary School is at 138% capacity. So that is 38% um, over its state um, rated capacity. And, and there are a few schools on this list that are, really are um, high over capacity. So the purpose of this redistricting study, and, and um, FCPS staff talked about that a little bit on Thursday night, um, the purpose is to kind of balance things out. And FCPS has a goal of reaching, of maintaining 90% capacity at all of its schools. And if you look at the capacities in the schools in this study, you're seeing one is at 138% Centerville, and another, Twin Ridge Elementary, is at 70%. So you're seeing an imbalance in these schools, and the idea of the study is to kind of balance out um, that uh, that enrollment at, at the various schools. And you've written quite a bit about schools in the county being over capacity. Could you talk a little bit about what that means and how that affects students and learning in the area and why this is a problem that the county is looking to address through redistricting? So some of the things we're seeing um, are a very high or a higher than is ideal class size, and that's one of the objectives in the superintendent's budget should um, FCPS be given a little more funding. Um, one of the objectives in the budget is to decrease class sizes to, to kind of where they used to be before this growing enrollment forced larger class sizes. So you're seeing some classes at Oakdale Middle that are in the 30s range, which is unideal. Um, so you're seeing higher than normal class sizes. You're seeing some crowding in the hallways, um, some talk. I've heard some talk from parents about, oh, my kid can't have a backpack because it's just too crowded to maneuver around the school. Um, and you're just, you I think the ideal is just not meeting FCPS's goal of that kind of 90%. You Because you want to be using as much of the school, you want to be utilizing the school as best as possible. 90% would show that you're utilizing it, but you're not overextending, which is what we're having at, at many of these schools right now. And in terms of you have, you have schools that are 130% capacity and then schools that are 70%, how does redistricting solve that problem and what is the process of redistricting? So the process of redistricting starts with data collection and they went through this at the meeting data collection, data analysis, a background report and and then more data analysis, staff meeting, public engagement, things like that. So the process is going to be kind of like um, going back, looking and, and changing drafts, coming up with a few different options and then in March we're going to have our next community meeting where those initial drafts will be presented to the community. And it kind of looks like moving those boundary lines and, and looking at um, particular community areas and seeing 
how um, how those boundary lines could be changed to better balance the enrollment. And that brings up a lot of concerns for families because when you're moving those lines, you could be potentially splitting up a neighborhood or you could be putting someone into a school that is well, they used to go to a school that's five minutes away. Now they're going to a school that's 15 minutes away or something like that. So it brings up a lot of concerns for families who are maybe used to a certain routine um, or who really value their neighborhood and that sense of community that a lot of areas have. And we saw that a lot in the Butterfly Ridge redistricting, which occurred a couple years ago, um, that that study occurred a couple years ago when the FCPS was opening up um, that new school, Butterfly Ridge Elementary School, which opened just this past fall. Um, and we saw a lot of, um, you know, concerns from community and struggles among board members to try to balance, okay, we want to keep communities together as much as possible, but we have this crowding issue. So it became kind of um, a juggling uh an issue of kind of juggling those two priorities and another interesting thing that was discussed at the um, most recent meeting was how these decisions are made and I can kind of go through that a little bit Um, so FCBS policy includes um, a few different criteria that that are used to make these decisions and I think that one of the one of the points that the consultant, the outside consultant FCPS has hired to oversee this redistricting emphasized was that the decisions that are going to be made in the redistricting cannot be emotional decisions. So a parent may come to FCPS and say, I bought this house in this area to attend this school. But those kinds of kind of more emotional concerns uh, are not going to be considered you know maybe a family has a particular tie to a school but they they're really looking at these specific um, priorities so those include educational welfare of students um, frequency of redistricting so that's one important point to make is that FCPS has said that they are working to ensure that one an individual student won't be redistricted again so uh, ideally, if you go through a redistricting, you won't be experiencing one again in your in your career. Um, proximity to schools, so that's for walkers and that's for time of of spent on a bus, which I believe has to be under an hour in FCPS. Um, student demographics, student academic performance, operating and capital costs, establishing feeder patterns, impact on neighborhoods and communities, impact on specialized school programs, and instructional and operational capacity of involved schools, and then just any other factors that might be pertinent to a particular redistricting. And you talk about they don't want to make decisions based on emotions, but are there any caveats for students who might be going into their senior year um, and had spent the last... 12 to 11 to 12 years at a certain school and now they're going to be redistricted would that occur so that is a decision that is made by the board of education and historically the board of education has sometimes granted that grandfathering in um, for students who are about to complete their senior year or about to complete I think their um, eighth grade year so rising seniors Um, So in that example, rising seniors would be able to finish out at Urbana High School without being transferred to Linganore or um, Oakdale. But that is that is a decision that at least when it came up on Thursday, FCPS staff wasn't able to answer. So it'll come down to a board decision down the road. And at this meeting last week, what sort of concerns did you hear from family members who who had thoughts or concerns about the process? 
So grandfathering was a big question, which there wasn't an answer to at this point, but a few other questions were about, well, what would happen if my siblings get divided up? So in the case where there is grandfathering, um, if my senior goes to Urbana, but I have a you know sophomore at Urbana, then I'm going to have one kid at Urbana and one kid at maybe Linganore or something like that. Um, so that was kind of a concern how siblings would be split up and and just the logistics. I talked to one parent who has eight children, and when you think about getting eight children to schools and and having a set routine and and maybe having schools that are very nearby, it, it, you know, her concerns were just how is this going to affect my logistical ability to get my kids to school? Um, so I think when you're looking at, at lots of different kids or, or a, a bigger family, there is that concern for some parents. Um, another concern that came up was quality of the school. So um, Urbana High School and, and a few of the Urbana schools and and certain schools in the area are, um, you know, maybe ranked a little bit higher than other schools. We saw that in the Maryland report card. Um, Urbana High School was one of those schools that was was very well rated and, re- and received um, higher points in that um, report card system. So if your student is is having academic success at Urbana High School um, and, and is able to take certain AP programs, AP classes, or um, involved in certain programs, things like that, parents were concerned that the quality of their student's education could change. And to that, FCPS um, staff said, you know, Equity is one of the key, um, you know, uh, priorities of FCPS and that FCPS seeks to have that equity no matter what school you go to in the county. Their point was kind of, you know, all FCPS schools are great and all FCPS schools offer will, you know, ensure that they're offering equally the same opportunities. Um, so that was a big issue of, of just general academic quality and also specific courses. One parent said, my son is taking a course that is only offered at Urbana High School. What's he going to do, down, you know, down the road? So that was a concern. Another concern was just the tradition of it. Um, a family member feeling like, um, you know, all of this child's siblings attended XYZ school, um, and this person grew up thinking they were going to graduate from this high school. And for that to change, I think um, Frederick County has a really strong sense of community and neighborhoods and a strong sense of pride in the schools that they attend. And so um, that kind of came up as as an issue. Um and then another thing was just housing decisions. Some families who chose to maybe move to a bit of a more expensive area to get a certain school, um, and and was that going to be at risk going forward? And with the responses that FCPS officials gave to, to parents, in talking with parents, did they find those to be good enough? What were their reactions to some of the things that they learned from the meeting? I mean, I think that there was... You know, some parents definitely came away feeling worried and that there was a lot of still existing confusion, um, concerns and and questions that just weren't able to be answered because a lot of FCPS's answers at this point are, here's our criteria, here's what we're going into it as, but I can't tell you right now what the what the map is going to look like. I can't tell you if your street is going to be affected. I can't tell you if your neighborhood is going to be affected. So it's just really early in the process. Um, And I think that um, 
and I think that when I spoke with the consultant um, who, who has been the outside consultant who was overseeing the redistricting, he kind of said this is very typical for this point in the process for families to feel um, really scared and, and worried about what this is going to mean for their student. But he said that they are making an effort to have a lot of these community meetings, be very transparent, um, keep updating the community and listening to community concerns going forward. Yeah, and this is a story that you'll be following. I'm curious, what are some of the biggest questions you're hoping to get answered in the next coming months? I think it will be really interesting to see how the board um, prioritizes some of these. Um, You know, I read that criteria, and you can obviously imagine that when you get into the nitty-gritty of this, you're going to be choosing what you prioritize. Do you prioritize bus time? Do you prioritize, um, you know, crowding, you know, um, addressing that crowding? Do you prioritize, like I said before, community and and neighborhoods? So it's going to be really interesting going forward. There's been some discussion on the board about um, a countywide redistricting, and FCPS staff has kind of said, no, no, not yet, not right now. We've got these other schools in the works. Um, So... It'll be interesting. I, I know that some of the board members do support and, and at least said while they were compa- campaigning that they might support a countywide redistricting going forward. But we also have a few new faces on the board, um, three new faces to the board. And it'll be interesting to see um, what their perspective is as this goes forward. And we'll be looking at that next meeting in March and a decision um, coming up in, I believe, November. Um, So it's going to be a long process from here. This is just the first step. Emma, thank you for following this story. Thank you. We'll see you next week with a new episode. This podcast was produced by Wyatt Massey, me, Emma Kerr, and Graham Cullen, and edited by Graham Cullen and me.